right, it's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome to the the Love of the Star podcast. What a great start here. uh, Yeah. Saturday morning. False start offense. <laughs> still first Cowboys down. Insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL and Scott referee. Ryan he is now the co-host of the G Bag Nation, two to seven p.m. Central Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. If you are in the Texas area, you're a Dallas Cowboys Radio affiliate. You will hear. Brian Broaddus on Sunday night, uh, pre and post game covering the Dallas Cowboys. And it is time for Cowboys football, Brian. Uh, we, we've reached the we, – we, we've gone as absolutely far as we possibly can without Cowboys football. It's here. Um, you know, as, as we head into this first game, your, your excitement levels for the return of this particular Cowboys team. And uh, how about some of your thoughts from uh, the Chiefs-Lions game the other night? Well, I thought that was really interesting uh, for the – Guys and gals out there that'll argue about your starters playing in preseason game, it's like Andy Reid does. Kind of one of those times where, you know, Kansas City didn't look prepared at their skilled level for sure. The, the drops that they were dealing with. Yeah, Kansas City might have some problems this year too with their offensive line. You know, they might have some problems at tackle, which is uh, uh, something that they've worked very, very hard on trying to fix their offensive line. You know, obviously. You know, they've been Super Bowls. They've won Super Bowls. You know, they 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 probably deserve a little respect from me for sure. You know, I'm not sitting there and acting like doom and gloom, but there they've are never some... won back to back, Brian. Yeah, so. well, yeah. yeah, we go all the way back to the New England Patriots on that one. I think to the early 2000s. I was still in the league when they were doing that stuff. But yeah, I I kind of feel like that. You know, it's 17 games, long season, but there's. There's things you need to keep an eye on. I'm, I'm, I've been very bullish on Detroit. If you listen to 105.3, the fan, yeah. Detroit's one of my teams that I've, I've, I've picked early to win the, uh, the NFC North. I like what Dan Campbell has done. I like their skill guys. I like their offensive line. I think they're going to be very difficult. But now with Aaron Rodgers out of the picture there at the North, um, I, I feel like the Lions are positioned to, to have a big year. I actually predicted the Cowboys and the Lions to meet in the playoffs. Uh, first round of the playoffs and so oh, so a rematch a decade in the making yeah I, I have a feeling that Dallas is just you know radio predictions you make I have a feeling Dallas is going to have to go to Detroit and play in a playoff game and uh, we'll see how that goes uh, when it uh, when it happens but I do like the Lions I think Kansas City needs to figure out what the skill position stuff is going to bring and they need to look at their offensive line I don't know if there's a lot of changes or moves that they can make but I still feel like that they're 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 trying to figure out things. Look very strong inside, but at tackle, they look like there might be some some kind of some issues there that they're dealing with. So, uh, you know, good start to the season for the Lions, and and here the Cowboys uh, travel to a longtime division foe, who they've had really great success against uh, in opening days. You look at Dak Prescott and what his career record is against NFC East opponents. He's very comfortable playing in these games. He knows the magnitude of the game. He knows how important it is to win the division. So hopefully they'll get off to a, a great start like a lot of people believe they are. 
Yeah, this will be an interesting game. There is rain in the forecast, um, you know, and and it's not expected to be a downpour. Go ahead, Brian. Well, no, could I ask you a question? And you said yeah. about rain in the forecast. Mm-hmm. And before I forget, because old people do this all the time, do if who do you like running the ball better in this game? Which team do you like running the ball better in this game? Um, the Giants. I do too, and I, I've I've asked this question to others. I've been on other platforms. You know, the break in 105.3, the fan. I don't know if they've talked about it on your show at all. But I kind of feel like that the Giants, and Giants have got some inside problems, too, on their offensive line. You know, yeah, now got they did. Some, we, you talked, you told us last episode yeah. about how they were talking about going with a rotation, potentially. Right. Um, Brian Dable on Friday uh, did make the announcement that he said they had settled on Ben Bredesen and Mark Glowinski. So that will they will not that's rotate how, the guards, apparently. Well, that's how they'll start. That's how yeah. it'll start. Well, so, he's claiming they're not going to rotate. No, no, and that's <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know that's the whole thing. There used to be a time, and I'm sorry, Bobby, you were talking about weather, and I don't want to go off on something different. No, but, but this is, this is ultimately what we're talking about here. The weather is the way it is. The Cowboys' offensive line injury report came out. We'll give you. Let's give you the very latest on the yeah. injuries really quickly. Uh, Tyler Smith is doubtful. I don't think Tyler Smith is playing. I think Chuma Doga is starting at left guard right. on Sunday night. Um, Tyler or Tyron Smith is uh, questionable with an ankle. He's going. It sounds like it doesn't. He's going like to go. Yeah, he's yeah, going to go. Yeah, he'll play. Uh, it's sounding more optimistic on Sam Williams. By yes, the way, very man. I was worried about that when you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And turf toe can linger, and especially when you're talking about like that get off and stuff like that. That can right. that can be a problem. Uh, Donovan Wilson, uh, their safety. I had always thought it was going to be a little optimistic to think he could be back for Week One. He's also doubtful. Looks like he'll be out. Giants side, the biggest injury there is Darren Waller popped up on the injury report with yeah. an uh, with a hamstring, which makes him questionable. From what I've heard, Brian, I don't know if you've heard different. I I think the hamstring is not serious. Waller could absolutely play with it. Right. I, I think he likely will. If I had to lean one way, I'd say he's likely going to play. But I was told, hey, like he dealt with hamstrings all last year. Yes. And so just like be aware that the Giants may say, let's not potentially ruin our investment very first game. Let's just make sure this calms down first. Right. No, so, I, I, especially yeah. in a, a hamstring and on a wet field. And so as we, we talk about this, uh, you know, these elements, these weather conditions, how the injury report looks, you know, Dallas is going to have to play with Edoga in all likelihood. And they've, they've got a banged up left side. They've got, you know, Tony Pollard coming off of his injury um, and, and, you know, debuting on a wet field against a really stout interior of the Giants defensive line. Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, that's one of the better interior defensive line combos you're going to see in the NFL. Um, and, and of course, the the Giants, they've got Saquon Barkley, a very powerful runner and, and somebody who's used to playing in some of these conditions a little more than maybe you know, Tony Pollard is. And I, I think that while the Giants have their questions inside, um, you know, John Michael Schmitz is, is not a power player. They've right. had the issues with the guards. Um, I also don't think that there's as much of a challenge from the Cowboys interior. I really like Oso Digizua. I like Jonathan Hankins, but that's not like going up against Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence with, yeah. you know, a backup guard. And so the way I see this one, Brian, like you just set up is I think the Giants can run the football better. It's just a matter of how much do the Cowboys think they can execute their passing attack given 
some of the questions with the weather and the offensive line. And I think you painted a really clear picture to Cowboy fans out there or anybody who's watching that's curious about how they think this game might go. Um, the Giants' questions inside lead me to believe that that maybe if you can somehow force the Giants into a passing game where they have to throw the football, it just turns into one-dimensional, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. I think this is where if you want a, like a dark horse candidate of a player that's going to have potentially a really good game, I love what Osa could bring, but I do love what – what uh, what uh, Tank Lawrence could be also as that three technique if they play nickel. If it all yeah. of a sudden turns into, okay, where do you play Micah? Which side do you put Micah on? Uh, do you try and go and take advantage of Evan Neal, which they were able to do last year a little bit uh, when he when they had that opportunity at tackle? But I think that if there's going to be some questions about the Giants inside, Lewinsky and and others then this is where Tank Lawrence kind of can feed. And I'm looking at that as a, as a, as a maybe a, a pressure point for the Cowboys to, to, to attack um, with this, uh, you know, against this uh, uh, Giants offensive line. But running the football for the Giants, and I, I, I believe this, I think I said on the last show, Bobby, I think the Giants are going to be a left-handed team. I really do. I think they're going to test – whoever's playing right end for you and they're going to test whoever's playing right end and they're going to try and test uh, a digs at corner they're going to see if in fact that digs is willing to step up and make plays on the edge and then also can that right defensive end whether it's sam williams armstrong fowler whoever's playing right end can hold up in in, in the running game because you know everything is about getting up the field get up the field and all that and you start to get up the field, you start to get widened, and then ball yep. goes inside and stuff like that. So if the Cowboys are going to struggle and it turns into a sloppy, kind of a, a wet game, I do think the Giants have the the ability to to uh, run the ball better. I just do. And uh, we'll see if the Cowboys can answer. It's probably going to have to be with, with Pollard. I know I looked this up. Uh, last year there were two games where – Saquon Barkley had over 30 carries. The Giants won both of those games. So, you know, that's the Giants, I think, are better equipped at least to hand the ball to a guy 30 times if they have to in a game and maybe get a victory out of it. So, yeah, and I mean, we'll the see. Giants last year, you look at just running the ball right up the gut um, on runs that were up the middle. Uh, New York averaged 4.8 yards per carry last year. That was the fourth best in the NFL. So, uh, obviously, they've got a new center this year. They've got the guard questions, but that's a team that has shown they can, you know, just put their head down and barrel. They'll up commit the to it. Yeah, success. they'll commit to it for sure. Yeah, and so uh, now when we look at the ability to pass the ball for the Cowboys, um, I'm trying to think back over the years of some of the rain games that the Cowboys have had to play in. So you had with um, Dak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dak, you've had the uh, Kansas City game in nineteen. Uh, that game, uh, or not nineteen twenty one. Um, that was the game where uh, you know they they struggled a little bit. Uh, there was no Amari Cooper in that game, right? Yeah, and it was rain and uh, cold temperatures in New England in nineteen. That was a really bad game, but that one. A, a little Both bit teams different. struggled with that. It was Tom Brady game? Did yeah. they have the? Uh, 
I believe they had the – did they have rain, a little bit of rain in the Tampa opener a couple years ago when Dak played really well? I think it rained – excuse me, I think it rained pregame is what – but I don't think it rained during the game. So, so there, yeah, there, soft conditions. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of instances off the top of my head of games where Dak has had to play in the rain. It is a new scheme. Um, I think know, there's or, some or Washington. I think there was some Washington times. Yeah, where, the one where he threw it right to Cole Holcomb. Yeah, I think uh, there. I think there were some games. I know there were Tony Romo games where they played. Yeah. rain games, but with Dak, you know, at Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh in his first year, Green Bay, I think was overcast, kind of cold, wet. Uh, the thing about Dak is that you know I feel like he's equipped to do this now, the because of his hand size and things like that. The, the uh, this will come down to the Cowboys' ability if if they have to throw the football. Now this is where the the, the like the intermediate passing game comes into play. This is, comes in where the picks, the rubs, the bunch formations get the ball out quick. Kind of thing. Maybe yeah. it's not. Maybe if it turns into a rain game for the Giants, that could be a little bit of disadvantage of using Jalen Hyatt. You know, if it just yeah. turns into vertical, throw the ball down the field, kind of a bit. But with the Cowboys, maybe with with Cooks, you know, with Lamb, it's a little bit more underneath. Gallup a little bit more underneath. Run after catch. Throw the ball to Pollard. You know, the Giants could throw to Saquon Barkley too. You know, it kind of equals out. But I think I think the Cowboys are equipped. If it turns into their like a a game where it does get wet, that their passing game will I'm not going to say thrive, but at least it will be better conditioned than everything being down the field, down the field. They can throw stuff that, like I say, that that gets caught underneath and then turns into bigger plays. All right. So Brian, as we head into this game, what's your uh, what what prediction do you have? Who, who well, I predict one out yeah, and what score? Yeah, there's like two different platforms on mom besides this one where I had to pick a game. I felt like I, I picked the Cowboys to win this one 26-24. And, you know, and then this is really kind of before the weather conditions and all that stuff. I should have done a little bit more research on that. You know, but I kind of feel like that the Cowboys are going to win this game. It's not uh you know, Aubrey having to kick a game-winning field goal. It is more going to be the Cowboys find a way to get a lead, but then they get the ball back and they have to hold it on a four-minute offense. Yeah, I think this is where I feel like that, you know, McCarthy play caller. This is where it's going to come into factors. There's going to have to be this just predictions, but there's going to be some third-down conversions on the way. There's going to be some third and twos, and that they're going to have to convert. We'll see if McCarthy can. In fact, I think he will. I think they'll they'll find a way to run four-minute offense in the end of this game, and then close it out and, and beat the Giants that way with a couple of. Uh, you know, Landry victory formations at the end to to, to get it done. 26-24 Cowboys. All right, I got 20-13 to 13 Cowboys. Uh, and, and no, that's not two field goals, Brian. That's three touchdowns and a missed extra point from Brandon Aubrey. I knew you were case, going there. In case you were wondering, I'm I was trying you know, to count it, yeah. There's going to be – it'll probably be the first one. It'll probably be the first extra point. He'll miss it. In fact, Giants probably go up like 7 nothing, And then when the Cowboys score, you're like, oh, thank God. 7-6, yeah. They'll miss it, and then everybody's going to panic, but it'll be fine because they'll win in the end. Here's what I will say. Do not underestimate the New York Giants. No, I don't think that, no. I don't think they're a great football team, but I think no. what they're building there is really good. Yep. I, I, th- I think they are headed in the right direction. I think Joe Shane is really good in their front office. I like Dable. Mike Kafka is, is a guy with a big yeah. reputation. I, I would not discount – the future of the Giants, and then even for right now, I, I wouldn't discount the possibility of the Giants winning this game. I think they absolutely, there's a scenario where they win this. 
Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, Dallas can come out here, look great, take advantage of these rookie corners uh, that they have out there, um, but and, and win this by two, three touchdowns. You know, any anything can happen. I, but I think the likeliest scenario is Dallas wins a game by a touchdown or less, and it's a game where it's in doubt for a lot of it. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, even last year, and I know Dak didn't play at MetLife last year, um, but last year that game was kind of in doubt till you know, later in the second half when CD went on that incredible drive. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that this is something where you, you need to take the Giants seriously. This isn't the Giants of the last, you know, four years or whatever. No, you, been you, such a mess. yeah, Saquon Barkley's 0-8 against the Cowboys. You know, yeah. it, it, the Giants have struggled against Dak Prescott, and, and Dak Prescott's played very well against the Giants. You know, and one of the best throws I think I've ever seen a quarterback make, he threw in a game against the Giants to Cole Beasley. Beasley. I still to this day don't know how he got his shoulders squared to throw that ball as hard as he did to lead Cole Beasley in the end zone the way he did. You know, so Dak is very, very capable. You know, we've seen a very good Dak on opening day, Tampa, uh, in Tampa. We've seen a very bad Dak opening day against Tampa at uh, AT AT&T Stadium. So um, I'll be interested. I, I, I'm, I, I, the play calling to me, how, how they manufacture offense early. I, you know, did, did, how does McCarthy get this offense into a rhythm? You know, how does he avoid negative plays? Are, are you going to see drops like we did in the Kansas City Detroit game? You know, are you going to see nerves kind of take over? Uh, there's a lot of things that you're scared of opening day. I'll tell you the biggest thing I'm always scared of, Bobby. And, and luckily, the Cowboys, you know, they have like the Dolphins on their schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that they don't have to open the season in Miami. You know, and I know that we live in a hot environment here in Texas and it's been really, really hot. Um, but, you know, the Cowboys, I mean, when, it's a big difference when you have to play those games outdoors in heat just right off the jump. Yeah. There's cramping, there's IVs. Uh, Jim Maurer, Britt Brown, Greg Gaither, this training staff is going to play a huge role in this football game. And it, it is played at night. It is played in New York. There's going to be some humidity, but these players cramp. And, you know, when, how have you, how do you manage the game where you're not having CeeDee Lamb sit out part of the third quarter because he's getting an IV or Tony Pollard sitting out part of the fourth quarter because he's having to get an IV? You know, this, the conditioning and then how how they play, but the first season game, first season, uh, first game of the season, excuse me, is always scary from that standpoint because you know you're going to have players that their bodies just aren't conditioned right now to to playing a full game, and they're going to have to. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Stars an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, with the Cowboys season kicking off, um, you know, we, we were asked about our projections for the season in the last mailbag, how we think they're going to finish in terms of record. We're going to get a little bit more particular today. We're going to take a look at some over-unders that I've created for you, okay. Brian, and uh, I'll weigh in on these two. And if you guys want to, 
you know, let us know in the YouTube comments some of your thoughts in, in terms of how these over-unders would break out for you. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So first one here, it's it's obviously the biggest one. It's the one people have been talking about all offseason. Uh, over-under on Dak interceptions, 10 and a half, Brian. I'm going to go under on this one. I'm going to go under. I, I think that what will happen, and I've always said this about Dak, uh, not always. I mean, people say I say a lot of bad things about Dak, but I, I, I really don't. I try and be fair because um, I just told you one of the greatest throws I've ever seen a quarterback make was that one in the Giants game, and Dak Prescott threw the ball. Yeah. Uh, ten and a half on the on the. – I'm going to go under. I, I do feel like, though, that the interceptions I'm always going to worry about with Dak whereas if he doesn't see the guy. That's it. If you see interceptions happening where he doesn't see the defender, he doesn't see the safety, he doesn't see the linebacker, those are the interceptions I'm going to worry about. But the ones I, I think this team is better equipped on the outside to catch the ball and not, you know, but they need CeeDee Lamb not to break routes off. They talk about being on the same page. You know, that's something communication. CeeDee Lamb keeps, every time you hear him interviewed, he talks about better communication. So, if that's the case, then you're probably going to have a few less of those interceptions that Dak had where Lamb was, you know, for some reason didn't run the route he was told to run. So I, I'm going to go under on the 10 and a half. Yeah, I, I I think this is right around the number for him probably is, is, is going to it's be a really It's a good number. It makes you think. <laughs> so yeah. I think it'll be right around 10 or 11. I think there is – look, barring what I felt like last year were some – unsustainably bad drops at times like I mean it was it was really bad luck on like four of those where it's like even when there are drops they don't normally just go right into somebody's hands that often right and so I I do feel like that was a little unsustainable so barring some sort of statistical outlier like that uh yeah I'm gonna say under um I I think that probably around nine or ten I I think there definitely is a there there is such a concerted effort to attack the interception right. number and the turnover number, I, I think it's more likely than not that that goes down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm, the number I have in my mind is nine. Is what I have yeah. right now. I, 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 I wish he, would, I wish he would go on a run like Jared Goff, where he's like 327 straight passes without an interception. That or would like be the a, beginning of his career. What was it? He went the first like five games without. Oh, no, it was crazy. One. Yeah, it's crazy. So. But you know, capable. We'll see. Micah Parsons. It's like Mickey, Mickey Spagnola there for a minute. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. We'll Micah out. Parsons sacks on the year. I'm it's I'm setting the number high, Brian, but I, I believe in the guy we saw out there in training camp. 15. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go over on that because I do think he I think the number is gonna be 16. I do feel like uh, that Micah has prepared himself uh with new added I call it body armor. He he I think he has a better understanding. You know, we had Andrew Whitworth on the the uh, all pro tackle that's now works on Thursday night football for yep. uh Prime. And so he was talking about that, you know, the things that Micah Parson was trying to learn about breaking down offensive linemen. And you and I have noticed this about Micah with his hands and stuff. He's trying to do a lot more with his hands. So added body armor, added knowledge. But you need, and this is this is going to drive people nuts when I say this. I think, but I think Mike is only as good as Dan Quinn will allow him to be, and I think this is on Dan Quinn to try and find spots for him. You know, when when they take away opportunities for Micah to rush, they need to figure out other opportunities. 
So, you know, you can't get to a point where Micah's got like 13 and a half sacks or whatever, and then all of a sudden go seven games without a sack. The pressures are fine, I get it, but you've got to find a way to keep um, keep the sack game going because Micah physically knows what he has to do. The knowledge is better. Now Dan Quinn has got to, to figure out even more uh, more of a plan for him to be able to rush the passer, and I think they will. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go over. Uh, just assuming health, I'm going over because I think if he's healthy and he's playing all 17 games, the guy I saw at training camp is getting 20 sacks or he's getting near it. Um, I, I mean, that guy, he's just, he's so, he, he has advanced so much this off season. And when you he's hear figured out talk, a lot of things, yeah, he, he sounds like the game is starting to make more sense to him and not that it hasn't before, but when you hear him talk, it sounds like a guy who is like, Oh yeah, I've, I've, I've cracked a code here and I understand how to approach things. Definitely well, a lot more in his toolbox. This yeah. Time. And, and you know, to be honest with you, he's got over 200 million reasons to figure this out. He really yep. does. If you think of it, I mean, he is playing right now, and and they realize this. Michael Parsons is one of the top three defensive players in the league. He's playing for a thirty five million dollar year contract. Is what he's playing for. Yeah, and so I mean, he's going to go out there and he's going to. He sees out. it. He sees it. He knows the number now. He knows yep. the number. Yeah. All right, Trayvon Diggs interceptions. I got it at four and a half, Brian. I'm going to say that is going to be Trayvon Diggs four and a half. I think that's a pretty fair number. I think he's probably going to get five. I'm going to go over on that. I'm going over because I think that you're going to see a lot more targeting towards Diggs instead of Gilmore. Yeah, that's um, that's a good point. Last year, uh, you know, he he didn't have the same interception numbers, and a lot of times it's just he wasn't getting targeted as much as he was right. the year before because, you know, uh, the other side of the the corner equation just wasn't playing as well right um you know guys were able to take advantage of earlier in the year anthony brown and then kelvin joseph and uh you know at different times jordan lewis before he got hurt and so uh this is something where i think gilmore looked really good in training camp i think he still looks like a a really good corner and and he's a smart savvy player so i i think the teams are going to probably move the ball more more towards Diggs's direction this year than gilmore and he'll get some opportunities. So I'm going to say over. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Bobby, about these numbers you've done. Everyone, it's almost like you've got a little MGM, bet MGM in you with the Vegas where the way you set these <laughs> things. Because I feel like it could go a half either way. It could it could go an interception either way. An, uh, uh, you know, yeah. either either way. It, it, the numbers, it's not like a massive, like, oh, well, he could beat this by half a sack. You know, you yeah. kind of feel like. So I think your numbers are pretty good. Get some, I'm, I'm, got some Vegas in you. I'm trying to. Uh, all right, next one here. We'll see if this one's got Vegas or if it's way off. Tyron Smith games, Brian, yeah. ten and a half. Okay, this is where this is, and this is where I kind of agree. And I know on our show on 105.3 The Fan, uh, our station, that Mike Bassick likes to bring this up, and it drives Kevin Hagelin nuts when he <laughs> says, "Okay, what week will we not have Tyron Smith play?" You know, and. Uh, I'm going to say, man, he already rolled our ankle in, <laughs> before the season's even started. Yeah. Tyron, and you know what? The, the sad thing for Tyron is when he does get hurt, a lot of it's not his fault. I mean, they'll like, he's had a history where there are guards that have played next to him. And this is where I kind of worry a little bit about a Doga maybe getting thrown on the ground and thrown into the back into of his Ty- legs. Into his legs. And we've yeah. seen Tyron Smith. 
you know, knee sprains and hyperextensions and all this stuff because other people have fallen down into the back of his legs. You know, that's the thing I always worry. I'm going to say for over. reference, for, for reference, here's yeah. the last four years, 2019 on 13 yeah. games, two yeah. games, 11 games, four games. Yeah. So not, not a very, a half. not a very promising. Yeah. See what you did there. Uh, I'm going to get 10 and a half. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's an over. I'm going to say over. I'm going to say, yeah. I think he plays 12, something like that. I was, he will no, get hurt. He will miss games. The number that came into my head was 12. Yeah. That, he'll miss that, games. Yeah. He's, he's going to, it happens every year. He has not played every game in a season. Please since, prove us wrong. Tyron, please. Since the year before Dak got drafted. Just Tyron, go out there and just ball out. I mean, clearly he's not as good as he was four or five years ago. Sure. No, but, five but just, times undefeated. Man, just go play 16, 17 games for us, please. Just line up and play. And then and then tip your cap until, you know, give everybody the double birds that you played the whole season and then move on with your with your life. Pro bowlers. Huh. Four and a half. Over. Who who do you got? Oh, you're gonna ask me to name them all? <laughs> just throw out just give me five. Martin. G- give me five. Martin. Yeah, Martin's gonna be a pro bowler. I think that uh, Parsons is gonna be a pro bowler. I think that uh you know what's interesting? I'm gonna throw Tony Pollard in there as a pro bowler. Okay. Um three. How about our how about one of the corners? Which corners can which corner Gilmore digs? I'm gonna go with Gilmore. Okay, that's I'm four. Gonna go, go with Gilmore, and the fifth pro, pro Bowl I'm gonna throw out there. Vanderesh get a nod here over Lamb. Lamb would be my sixth guy. You know, I, wide receivers too deep, man. There's so a what's lot. Your number then you say you're saying five. I'm going. Six? You're saying you're saying over. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, over yeah. four. So, so you, you're saying Vanderesh. You're gonna get. But yeah. but what? what Lamb or Lamb or Vanderesh? Yeah, or one of those two guys. So, so you yeah. think they get five or six roughly? I think they do. Yeah, I okay. mean, I think they get five. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's four. I'm gonna say under. You're a just jerk. Yeah, I'm just not not because of any other reason that like you say receivers stacked. They don't have a, a tight end that's you know really great. I don't know how much Pollard is is actually gonna be used like they think. Martin. Parsons, I think Pollard. You know, I think Pollard's. I think Pollard's gonna have a big year. We'll see. We'll, we'll I think Pollard's here. gonna have a big year. Last one here, and this will be the one where you got to really. Put that's it on my the line that's my us. that's my surprise one. That was All one right. of my. I'm keeping as. Remember this. Remember this day when he does make the Pro Bowl. Okay, running back, right. man. I mean, and, running and back. Remember, you'll be you'll be apologizing for it all year, like Anthony Brown, if he doesn't. Yeah, no, Anthony Brown. <laughs> but I was right about uh, Dorrance Armstrong. Yes, my, you were. My, yeah, I was right about you Dorrance. Were. So I fifty percent. I hit it fifty. You were. There we go. That, that's a good hit rate. This is the one where you got to put it on the line, Brian. Playoff victories, one and a half. Man, because they have them going to Detroit in the wild card. I think Detroit at home is going to be pretty tough. They play Detroit late in the year too, right? In there a game yep. that they come to AT and T Stadium yep. late? They'll probably tell us a lot. I'm I'm putting a lot of money on Detroit just because I, I think they're built the right way, and Aaron Rodgers is no longer playing in the North. I'm going to go playoff victory one and a half. No, I said they're going to. I said I made a prediction. I said they're going to lose to the Lions in the wild card round. So under. Under. All right. I, I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going under, too. I think they win a game. I think they probably lose. I just don't – I don't think that Mike McCarthy's the guy to get them out of this slump. That's – honestly, I think the roster's really good. I just don't trust him in playoff football going up against some of these other coaches. Yeah. 
that that's my biggest thing. Jeez. You were listening. I don't to have them win. You don't have them win the division then. Do you have them win in the division? No, I have Philly winning it. I, yeah. I have Dallas winning 11, with 11 games. Can I say one thing before we get out of here, the slub of the star thing we're about to do, the questions? Yeah. I want to say that, that to me, I think this division is going to be very tight. I don't think there's a 14-win team in Philadelphia here. I I think yeah, the it'll, division it'll be, I think the division winner could very well have win 11 games. Yeah. I, that's how I kind of feel like this thing might might It'll absolutely out. be close. Yeah. You're yeah. listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag, as you just referenced. Uh, first question here from Thomas Wasson. He says, what is the breakdown of touches in the running back room? Do you see Pollard and a specific running back two splitting the lion's share of the touches or perhaps a three-headed monster like Barber Jones and Choice back in the day? Well, I have Pollard making the Pro Bowl, so I think he's going to get the majority of the work. You have to figure out where the maybe the short yardage or the goal line touches are going to be, you know. Dowdle, Dowdle, yeah. I, I, I want everybody. Everybody's. I was asked in a program last night about who my dark horse guy would be, and and I'm kind of thinking that Dowdle will be a dark horse guy because I, I, there's a lot of things he could do. He's going to help he you on special teams. Yeah, he needs to stay healthy. Special teams. The, the third down back potentially is a pass blocker, short yardage guy potentially. Um, I think there's a lot of things that he's going to. I, th- I think there's a lot of things he's going to have to do that Deuce Vaughn doesn't do, and that's going to that's going to make him a very valuable player. But he has to stay healthy. You're absolutely right. But I think the lion's share of the work is going to go with uh, with Pollard. Yeah, I don't think you're. I, I don't think this is a, a Zeke Pollard split. Between Pollard no, and no, whoever else, no, no. Uh, I think the backups are getting a smaller amount of the workload, and then I seventy think twenty smaller, ten kind of a thing. Um, maybe seventy fifteen fifteen. Okay, I could see. I mean, Dowdle, I think will be in there a lot for pass protection stuff. If we're talking about carries, yeah, it may be twenty ten. Yeah, but I think with what Vaughn will be in there to do to catch passes and stuff, touches might even out a little bit more yeah. than that. Yeah. Uh, next question here from Sean. He says, uh, Dak and the offense has started the last several seasons strong, uh, last year aside. Um, why do you guys think he has tended to drop off later in the season? Is it teams catching up to our schemes or just an inability to finish more important games? Do you have an answer on this one? Uh, I think that there have been times, uh, specifically a couple years before, where Kellen Moore didn't always make adjustments as the season went on. Sure. I, I think he was a good offensive coordinator. I would not have let him go. He wanted to go, I, I think, was the yeah. biggest reason he's gone. But um, I, I think adjustments is part of it. Um, and, you know, other than that, yeah, I think it's that that's just a, a big aspect of it. Now, obviously, with Dak, you know, in 21 – the issue was he was he just didn't look the same after the calf strain. Right. And so that was the midway point of the season, second half of the year, he just didn't look like the same guy. From that New from that New England game on, it was a it was a totally different quarterback. He wasn't yeah, healthy and, enough, yeah. yeah health and, might health might have a lot to do with him. You know, yeah. health might have how banged up that he will get during a season. And, you know, at times he'll have, you know, guys will let him down. I, I mentioned about CeeDee Lamb. There were some of those routes where CeeDee was running inside routes and you know, the Green Bay game, great example. Him and Schultz, two guys. Somebody's got to get inside. You know, Dak is throwing the ball to a spot, expecting one of those guys to be inside, trying to anticipate a route. And boom, nobody's there, intercepted. You know, so 
I feel like there's 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 health, there's teammate, but there's also maybe a little pressing, maybe a little pressing, maybe the 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 magnitude of the game turns into a little pressing. Yeah, I mean Dallas has historically over the last twenty years had some trouble in December. Yep, and and that's I, I think that's just a function of the the true contenders generally you know level well, up there. And remember, then, uh, it was Romo. Yeah. yeah, Romo had that prominent. It was at fourteen. It was the the game, the season that ended with the, or whatever. I'm yeah, the, but yeah. but that was when Demarco Murray was running the ball, running the ball, and then Demarco Murray broke his hand, yep. and then it turned into Romo had to start throwing the football, and he did. He he lived up to everything we've ever thought about Tony Romo. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's uh, the magnitude of December is tough on a lot of players, not just Dak Prescott. Uh, next question here from Andy Delgado. Week three last year versus the Giants, uh, the boys used a combo of Farniak and Peters at left guard because of McGovern injury. If Tyler can't go, do you think uh, Edoga, Richards, Bass will be better or worse than Farniak, Peters? I don't believe they will go with any sort of a combo um, with, with that. I think part of the reason they went with a combo is because they just didn't know how ready Jason Peters was. Right. Um, if Jason Peters would have been more ready to go there. You've got to remember they were playing him inside at guard. He was, had just, you know, signed late. Right. I think there were reasons for that. This to me is barring a Chaz green like performance at left guard. This is Edoga's job for, you know, Ty- when Tyler Smith is out, I think they want the veteran in there. Yeah. I think that it, now you're right. If it turns into a Chaz green situation, I think you could see bass or Hoffman. We mentioned that I'm with, you know, Hoffman. I mean, he's, He's going to be the backup center, you know, depending on the numbers of how they get down to their game day actives. So I, I think that to me, I'd love to see TJ Bass play. I'd, I'd love to see if TJ Bass, I'd like to see him starting in this game. I just think that the, the power he plays with, you know, we've seen rookies go in there and, and, and do well. It, it, I know it took Lyle Collins being very poor on and off the field for to give Steele a chance. But once you gave Steele a chance, you kind of felt like that you were going in the right direction. There was a reason why you didn't need Lyle Collins anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I, this goes all the way back, Bobby. And maybe when we get to, you know, the springtime again in the draft shows and stuff, that the discussions that we had about should they have drafted a guard? Because should they have drafted a guard? I was, I was to the point where I was kind of moving on from Tyron Smith. And I was going to leave Tyler Smith at left tackle and think about drafting a guard. But, I'm, I'm with you. They were yeah. discussing. They were yeah. discussing Matthew Bergeron. Bergeron, uh, absolutely out of, were out of Syracuse. And, and you know, to Will McClay's credit, he stood up in a draft room and made. And, and you know, now now it's in you know black and white for everybody to see that he stood up for Mozzie Smith. And you hope that Mozzie Smith. You got to give these scouts the benefit of the doubt. They've done a pretty damn nice job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last one here from Caleb Reese. It's a little bit more uh, fun, open-ended question, Brian, but. I know that uh, you, you've got all those pennants behind you and everything else. Yeah. Uh, if the AFC and NFC championship games were decided by who had the best uniforms, what teams would uh, end up in the Super Bowl? I answered this question. I answered it. I didn't know it was a question for our show. Uh, I, I I think what I do, I did the um, I did Let's take the, a look. I did you the said, Bears. Uh, I did Chargers the Bears. Powder blues would be a strong contender. Yeah. Kansas City white and red pants. Yeah. Uh, Bears. Uh, and Navy blue. The, yeah, with yeah, the New Orleans, white pants. black jerseys, gold pants. I'll there tell you what. Uh, to me, it's it's easy. It's uh, I think there's a reason God has matched these three teams up in the Super Bowl or, or these two teams up in the Super Bowl three times before. 
it's the Pittsburgh Dallas look. Okay. So the, yeah. the 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 white uniform, no, the sure. the helmet, and then you get the the black and gold Steelers. It's just such the a pants. Cool. I, the pants drive me nuts for Cowboys. I love the jersey. You, the hate, paint, you hate the sea foam. The sea. I, I don't really dig the pant. I don't. And and again, but I I think I think I've seen so much now of what the what Kansas City throws out there. And like I've been watching so many highlights and like Mahomes and the, the white with the red numbers and the red yeah. pants. I love that look. And I, th- I think people are sleeping on the Saints. I think people are s- sleeping on the old school black jer- black jerseys with the gold pants with the Saints. I mean, I don't know. I, I It might be a, a nice, clean look if you were able to see uh, Raiders 49ers. You got a Bay, Bay Area. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Hey, one year, the and I think it was 1995 when the league was celebrating its 75th anniversary, everybody was wearing throwbacks. And the 49ers wore the throwbacks. They started winning games. Like with the and their 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 numbers were red jerseys with white red jerseys with white numbers, yeah. but it was a shadow. There was yeah. a black shadow on the number, and the 49ers just started winning games. And they didn't they wore the they wore them the whole time. They wore their throwbacks the whole time, and they won the Super Bowl. I think Steve Young. I think that's the Super Bowl Steve Young yep, won. Yeah, that was the Dion year because Dion was uh, running back interceptions yeah. that year with the little shadow on his. But, number. Yeah, but it was it was it was really a cool look. And the four, the Forty ers do have a very good look though with the gold pants, red with the red jerseys. I think that's a really cool look too. It's a, it's a sharp uniform. The seafoam right. pants. I'm sorry. I'm, I've, <laughs> I've 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 seen those uniforms from day one. You know, I've been there. Day one, and it. Uh, I I just don't text Shram. I'm sorry. You, I know you did it for TV, but man, you you lost me there. You lost me. We will uh, be back with you guys early next week after the Cowboys and the Giants game uh, at MetLife Stadium. Uh, yeah, Brian, what's up? Have a good trip, Robert. Thank you. Yes, we, Bobby's going to be on the plane. 105.3 The Fan. He's going he's to be a part of uh, our coverage there that we have, as, as you talked about earlier. But there's your Cowboys insider right there, folks. So Bobby will be on that trip traveling with those uh, the guys and gals up to uh, the Meadowlands and hopefully uh, bringing back a victory, Robert. Let's, let's, let's Don't come home so. unless you got one. Let's come home with two victories. Let's get a Cowboys victory and then tonight hook them. Uh, let's, uh-huh. let's take down the tide and uh, you know let's let's make it a clean sweep for uh, the teams over the weekend. For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys next time.